It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Five seconds left on the clock. 34 all is the score. Clark Harris ready to snap it back. A pro bowler a year ago. He's ready. He snaps it to Huber. Huber puts it down. The kick from Randy Bullock is on its way. It yeah! is good! Yeah! There are penalty flags down. Penalty flags on the field. The kick by Bullock was good. Let's, Let's see. see what the penalty it's on, is. It's on Tampa Bay. Kevin Huber says it's on the Buccaneers. Yes. And Randy Bullock has just kicked the Bengals to a 37-34 win at the gun. And what happened is they probably overloaded in the middle and, and dunked the donut a little bit. Put some Personal pressure on Harris. The snapper defense. That penalty is declined. Yep. The field goal is good. And the game is over. They tried to get pressure up the middle, putting extra people on Clark Harris. And you can't cover him up. They covered him up. That's a penalty. It's a personal foul. Unnecessary roughness on the snapper. And uh, Tampa Bay got called for it. It was good anyway. It took all 60 minutes, but it's nice to say coffin nails. Bam, bam, bam. That is how it sounded. I'm James Erpine, and welcome in to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Great to be with you. Bengals win 37-34. Dan Hoare, Dave Lapham, Bengals Radio Network on the call Field goal good as Randy Bullock kicks the game-winning 44-yard field goal, 37-34. The Bengals victorious. We're going to dive into this game. We will discuss the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll get some of your reaction. I'll read some of your tweets. Plus, you're going to hear from Tyler Boyd. You're going to hear from Andy Dalton. You're going to hear from Marvin Lewis as we dissect and talk about the Bengals' fifth victory of the season. You're also going to hear from Randy Bullock, who missed an extra point and goes on and kicks the game-winning field goal, which uh, was uh, was huge from him. So we'll talk about that and so much more. Quick reminder, though, before we get into it, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, uh, be sure to follow on Twitter at James Rapine and at LockedOnBengals, and check out LockedOnBengals.com. For the latest, I will have plenty written there later tonight on Sunday evening. It is about 6 o'clock or so as I'm recording this. Now that I've gotten all the audio, all the highlights and stuff I want to use on today's podcast. And that's where we're going to start is there were plenty of highlights from today, right? Four interceptions, a pick six, uh, four different touchdowns, all of which came in the first half. Uh, but my biggest takeaway outside of obviously what happens in the standings, the Bengals get to five and three. There's still percentage points. They trail Pittsburgh in, by percentage points in the AFC North. But Baltimore lost and the Bengals now have a 63 percent chance to make the playoffs. That's what the numbers say. You're five and three. It's 63 percent. You're four and four. 33%. That's Dave Lapham. I'm quoting him, and I'm sitting in the seat he sat in right here in the Bengals radio booth when the Bengals won today here at Paul Brown Stadium uh, as I record this podcast. And that, to me, is so critical and so important. But the thing that stands out to me and the thing that was just awful from today is Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson goes down towards right ACL, according to reports. It looked like it. His knee buckled. 
And uh, that is the case, uh, according to multiple reports, which is just awful. It, it's awful from a, a bunch of different angles. One, I feel awful for Carl the human because I know he busts his tail. You know that guy in your office or, or that gal in your office that just works hard, 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 and that's all they do is work hard? That's Carl Lawson. All he does is football. I, I remember asking him when he was a rookie, hey, man, what, what do you got? Hobbies. Right, and some will say, oh, NBA 2K, or they'll say this, he's like, football? Football is my hobby. So I play football. <laughs> and he does everything he can to take care of his body. And the fact that he went down today uh, in the first half, it's a, a huge loss on the field, and we could talk about that. Uh, and there will be plenty of time to talk about that. But I just feel awful for him because that's certainly um, not, a, not a fun or, or easy injury to recover from, even in this day and age when technology – is at its best. Also, Clint Bowling left the game with an injured back, and I don't know, and maybe we'll learn more about that tomorrow or the next day, but he didn't return. He got hurt in the second quarter and did not finish the game. So there's that. Uh, there was plenty of good, plenty of bad from the game, aside from the injuries. Uh, and let's start with the good. Joe Mixon got the ball. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Bengals got Joe Mixon the ball, and I think that's something you, me, and everybody else wanted to see in the first half he had 14 carries for 114 yards also had a couple receptions had two touchdowns and it felt like uh oh Joe Mixon is the guy he's that guy uh unfortunately for the Bengals they they really couldn't get him going in the second half and he struggled so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The entire offense struggled in the second half in his defense but uh, he had seven carries for nine yards in the second half um, so th that is that. Uh, but the first half Bengals, they were great. I mean, that offense was moving the ball up and down the field. The defense, while they did bend, they only allowed nine points. While they did bend, they forced multiple turnovers. And while they did bend, they did their part. That That is going to be the defense, like a successful day at the office for the Bengals defense. And really any NFL defense in this day and age is exactly what the Bengals did in the first half. You're going to give you're on pace to give up 18 points you first you force a couple turnovers. That's about it. These days of holding opponents to single digits in this NFL, it doesn't happen and it's not going to happen. It is just it is so hard to do and, and I don't know, I don't want you guys tweeting me a score like, "Oh, well the Giants only scored 13, see? Uh, they're a dumpster fire." Don't tweet me that the Browns only scored 18 on the Steelers. I totally get that. Dumpster fire. But when you play a really good offense and say what you want about Tampa Bay, but any offense that has Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans, I mean, those, those two guys are studs. And then they have the tight ends and O.J. Howard, and, and you guys will probably get on me about this, and rightfully so. O.J. Howard catches the game-tying touchdown, or the touchdown that led the game, to the game being tied at 34 after the Bucks got the two-point conversion. It was a guy I didn't want the Bengals to draft. I thought that Ross had more upside. I'll own that. I still think that. Uh, but O.J. Howard certainly had a nice day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm looking. He had four uh, four receptions for 68 yards. Mike Evans was a beast. Six receptions, 179 yards. Djax didn't do much. And the thing I noticed, Jerry Kirkpatrick was on Mike Evans the whole game. And William Jackson the third was on Deshaun Jackson the whole game. Now, there was the one big catch, the one long ball, the 60-yarder from uh, from Winston to Jackson which might have been a blessing in disguise because Dirk Cutter after the game said the reason that Winston was still in the game when he was 
to throw that pick six to Jesse Bates. The reason he was in the game was because he threw that touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. And so he gave the rope that he was giving him was a little longer. So getting beat there might have benefited them. Obviously, it led to Jesse Bates and his interception of Jameis Winston and returned for a touchdown. He kept the ball, by the way. Um, I talked with him in the locker room after the game. But offense, the offense overall, especially in the first half, it looked like the offense that we thought it was against Atlanta, against Baltimore, and it sputtered out. Tyler Boyd got going. He had nine receptions on 10 targets for 138 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Green finished with five receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown, including two huge receptions, huge receptions, with the game on the line when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tied it up at 34. Uh, But I get it. Overall, knowing what and where the Bengals were, they were plus four in the turnover department. The Bengals had leads of 21 points at 21 nothing. They were also up 27-6, then 27-9. They also had a 34-16 lead. You feel a little underwhelmed with the victory. And what I'll say to that is a win is a win is a win is a win is a win. Right? It just is. Five and three is five and three, period. Now, long term, what am I worried about most? The injuries. They continue to pile up, and that is the last thing you want to see is just more injuries for a team. I tweeted this, that they, the injuries are piling up on top of the injuries. <laughs> it's piled up on top of a pile of injuries already, and uh, you just hope that the Giovanni Bernards, the Billy Prices, that they're getting close enough now to where after the bye week they can both return to the lineup. You hope that you're going to get some of these guys back, and you're going to need them back because in the guys that are dinged up, the Clint Bowlings, you hope they heal enough to get out there and they can play in Week 10 against the New Orleans Saints. All right, so let's do this. Let's get a quick read in, and then we're going to get to the locker room, the Bengals' locker room, and get some reaction from Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis, and more, and I'll continue to discuss this game. Look, a win is a win is a win, and the Bengals won today. They advanced to 5-3. and three. Up next, you're going to hear from Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis. Still Tyler Boyd, Randy Bullock, and so much more to get to on the Locked On Bengals podcast. But first, a quick word from my bookie, because where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and that's why I tell you you and all of the Locked On Bengals listeners that if you're laying down money on a sporting event, you want to use my bookie. My bookie's been in the business for years. I love their super user-friendly mobile site. It's really easy to use. And look, you can bet on in-game betting. They have fantasy football if you want to bet the over-under on fantasy points. They have so many different options and so many different things to do, whether it's NBA, NFL, college football, the World Series, Whatever you want to lay down money on, you can. Prop bets and so much more at my bookie. And best of all, you're going to get your initial deposit, your first deposit matched dollar for dollar. All you got to do is check out my bookie online and use promo code LOCKEDON25. Again, that's LOCKEDON25. They're going to match your initial deposit dollar for dollar. All you got to do, enter L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-25. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, my bookie online, promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. It's great to be with you, Marvin Lewis, in 30 seconds. But look, I get it. It is one of those games where things didn't go exactly the way you wanted them to, right? I mean, the second half was rough. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in. He ignites the the Tampa Bay offense. And let's go. Let's be honest. Coming into this game, did anyone expect Tampa Bay to not score points? So they went out and they scored points. And um, it was close, but the Bengals won. And that's what matters. As banged up as they are, they're limping into the bye week. They limp to the finish of this game, and they squeak it out with a three-point win. They're limping into the bye week with all these injuries. So I think overall, I'm feeling pretty good about where the Bengals are. Five and three, and just nursing a bunch of injuries, hoping to get some of these guys back. Dave Lapham, who is a color analyst, color analyst for the Bengals. You heard him on the podcast last week. He caught up with Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis in the locker room after the game. First half, your offense has 36 snaps, 27 points on 36 snaps, over 300 yards offense. And then in the second half, couldn't get a first down, you know, for like in four possessions. But then when the chips are on the line, you know, you go down the football field in the game-winning field goal, A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, it's been that way since 2011. They make plays for you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is Andy just playing with the way Andy does. You know, you got to be continue to be proud of him and how he's doing it and uh, no panic and just keeps playing. Every time you put the ball in his hands, he's going to make something happen. And, uh, you know, he, got it, he did it again today. It seems like uh, every every defensive coordinator tries to figure out ways, different ways to pay attention to A.J. Green in terms of how they're going to double him, all the intricacies of it. Everybody has a different look, a different way of doing it. But he keeps his poise. He keeps his patience. And then when he has to, he steps up and, and gets it done. Yeah, did a good job today and, and created an opportunity. And, uh, you know, when he can make opportunity, you know, he made the place today. And we just got to keep going. But, uh, you know, we, we, we shouldn't put ourselves in that position. We, we, we got this game in hand. We can't got to understand the situation in the game, what could happen, and do our jobs on defense better. Huge play by Jesse Bates, the pick six. Take us through what you saw there. I have no idea, Dave. I just saw him come up with the football and, and uh, you know, but, uh, you know, we traded and we gave two back. You know, we gave two easy ones to them, and so we can't do that. Unfortunately, you know, injuries, even as you're trying to, you know, get to the bye week, you're, you're struggling with injuries today. And, I mean, guys are playing special teams. Uh, Sam Hubbard had, had to take a lot, a lot of snaps. Jordan Franks gets the big catch, and he's taking special team snaps. I mean, a lot of guys doing a lot of things because, you know, you didn't even have 46 healthy bodies for this football game. Well, we had 46, so that's what's all you need. They were limping, get, limping and gimping a little bit, though. So 46, so that's all we needed. And uh, again, no, but we gotta, you know, we gotta whatever we got, we gotta figure it out. And we gotta go in the bye. Uh, traditionally, just take us through your initial thoughts on what you might try to accomplish during the bye week. Well, again, we gotta make sure we review things and, and understand situation football. Uh, we gotta do a better job of of, of missing. We're missing one guy. 
you know, we're, we're, we're having one-die breakdowns, and right now we're not good enough to overcome it. They're, the opposition is finding it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's a competitive sucker right there. Well, you know all about him. You know him about as well as anybody. No surprise when you saw what he did? No, not, not at all. I mean, I told the, reminded the guys when it came in the game, we're going to get, he's going to leave the pocket and the pass, he's going to throw the ball vertically. And we, we, we didn't react very good. Coach, I appreciate it. You get to the bye week with a 5-3 and three record, 63% chance of being alive for what you want to have done. It's a lot better than being four and four. There's no doubt. Now you can get the buy and get ready for that second half. Well, we got eight game. We got to dedicate ourselves to be the best we can be because this last, last time we got to figure it out and and stay together and get it done. They got to get it done. And it just let's do this because I do think that a lot of you are are down following this win, and I get it the way it played out. You realize if the Bengals lose today, we're having a completely different conversation on this podcast and all week, and next week, and the week after. I mean, if the Bengals lose today, you're like, okay, do you, what do you do? You're going to be 4-4. Four and four. you got to go uh, play New Orleans in two weeks, which is going to be a very difficult game. You still have to go at Baltimore. You still have to play at Pittsburgh. You still have to go to L.A. to play the Chargers. I don't know if I see a path. That's why I use today as the must-win. I used it as a must-win, and I said that, and I'm only going to use one must-win card, you know, in the first half of the year. Maybe there's a second must-win coming up based on the playoff implications and stuff like that. But right now, this was the most important game. <laughs> you drop the 4-4, four and four, and it's different. If they lose to New Orleans, it's just different than losing this one and being 4-4 four and four going into the bye. So I think that the Bengals winning this game was huge now. Do they have plenty of flaws? Did they surrender a ton of yards on defense? Absolutely. 576 yards is a franchise record for Tampa Bay. They set a franchise record for yards in a game today. But that's all right. They, they were able to find a way to get the victory. The offense still concerns me. But here's the thing. I think that people, and I've talked about this some. I talked about I certainly tweeted about it. I've talked about it on this podcast. Joe Mixon leaves yards out there. Um, the Bengals' second-to-last drive, they're up eight. And on first down, they have the ball close to field goal range, borderline field goal range. And on first down, Mixon has probably two to three yards up the middle, decides he doesn't want that, and tries to bounce it outside and loses a yard. Then on third down, he tries to one-hand a ball on a screenplay that I think would have at least given them enough yards to get a, a field goal attempt up from Randy Bullock. Instead, he drops it because he tries to one-hand it. The other thing is is that the fourth and one call on, on, first, uh, on, on the first drive, on the opening drive of the game, love that the Bengals went for it. Here's what I thought was interesting about that decision. It, it wasn't the, the call or them hurrying. I, I, was, I didn't really get mad about that. I got annoyed, and what bothered me was the way Joe ran. You need a yard. You're a big human. Run right up the center, right up the gut. Take it there. Don't cut it back. Don't break it outside. Sometimes getting two yards is better than minus one. And on fourth and one, you got to get the two yards. That's what Giovanni Bernard does. On that screenplay, Giovanni Bernard isn't going to try to one-hand it. He's going to catch it and get you eight yards and put you in field goal range. So getting him back is going to help this offense, no doubt about it. To be determined on the whole, it, it, one, is John Ross playing in two weeks? Two, can he help? I don't know if they know how to use him. I don't know if they have confidence in him, um, and so I question that right now. But overall, 
getting Billy Price back, getting Giovanni Bernard back, I certainly think it's going to help this team. Let's continue with post-game reaction. Andy Dalton was joined uh, or talked with Dave Lapham on the Bengals radio network after the game. Man, it was like a, a tale of two halves offensively. <laughs> 30, uh, 36 snaps, 27 points in the first half, over 300 yards. And then obviously in the second half, a lot different. But you, when, when you had to make plays to win a game, you guys did it. But what was the difference between first half and second half? Well, we were making you know positive gains early in the game. We were getting first downs on first down, and so um, that was huge. We had, you know, I thought we ran the ball really well. And uh, second half, we just got behind the chains every single drive, and uh, we couldn't get that play that got us the first down, and um, that hurt us. But like you said, at the end of the day, we we had a big drive to win the game at the end, and. Um, you know, obviously, we we wished it would have been a little different. We would have, uh, you know, played better in the second half and not been in that situation. But um, I mean, the takeaway is we we still were able to finish. C.J. Uzama with the shoulder, Carl Lawson ACL. It looks like it's been announced. Uh, Adam Schefter said it was an ACL. So I guess if Adam Schefter announces, it's got to be got to be the real deal. But continue to have guys nicked up and hurt, and this team's limping and scratching and clawing to win a game like this before you get to that bye week to try to get healthy. How big is it? Yeah, I mean, to be 5-3 and three right now, going into the bye is big, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get some guys healthy and, and get some guys back. When you, uh, when you look at what Tampa Bay was doing to A.J., I mean, there's people always figure out a different way to try to take A.J. out of the mix. What were they doing to him defensively uh, in terms of somehow doubling him in an exotic way? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it was two guys on him. Sometimes it was two men on his side. Sometimes it was just cloud his side. I mean, everybody's got a plan for him. And so, um, you know, for us, even with, with what they were doing at the end, we were able to get two plays for him. I mean, he, he's a big reason why we won this game. And so, um, you know, you, for him, he's just got to keep going because uh, there's going to be opportunities whenever he's not getting doubled. And um, when that was the case today, he made the play. One of my favorite plays of the game was the wheel route to Jordan. I mean, you motioned him across the backfield, run the wheel route to him. I mean, that, that was a heck of a throw. That was a great play, though. Yeah, and I think it was Jordan's first play, too. Uh, so um, pretty cool for him. But, yeah, he, he did a good job. You know, Jordan's got speed, and so he was able to put it out there for him. I know against uh, or Kansas City Chiefs ran a play that you got. Looks like you guys were in. You had that jet sweep look, and then you pitched it back the other side to Joe Mixon. I mean that that was a good play against Bengals defense on Sunday night. You guys executed Joe. Joe hurt them big around the edge too. Yeah, you know I thought Joe played well, and um, you know our guys, you know was able to seal the edge on that one, and uh, he made a big run, cut back, all that kind of stuff that he can do. So um, yeah, I thought I thought he played really well. That's Andy Dalton after the game. Here's one thing I will say, and we'll talk more about this this week, I'm sure. But doesn't it still seem like this Bengals offense is missing a piece? They're missing something. And once they get Giovanni Bernard back, it'll help. Billy Price will certainly help. Uh, Joe Mixon out there. John Ross could certainly help. They're missing something. That's why they have all these lulls and valleys and peaks and valleys. They might not need to go get another piece. They might need to. And I know some of you mentioned on Twitter, oh, well, Deshaun Jackson requested a trade. I don't think that that's possible. Although, sign me up, by the way. Sign me up right now. I don't think that's possible. But I do think that the whole Dez thing, I'm not going to throw it out there just to throw it out there. I, I think that there's um, at least a possibility of them considering that. And why wouldn't you? I would. And I'll have more on that later this week. I'll, I'll tell you one guy, though. Doesn't matter. If if they said, let's say they go out and get a guy like him in Des Bryant, 
He's going to be this team's third wide receiver because Tyler Boyd has number two locked down. That dude was balling today, and he's a baller, and I, I just love watching him play, and that was the guy I expected to see, and it was the guy I expected to see when they drafted him. And you saw flashes of it as a rookie, didn't see it last year, and it's coming into fruition in year three. And uh, anyone that that's discards Ross, I heard someone on the radio today say, oh, they need to cut him. And I think that that's silly. But uh, look at Tyler Boyd, stud. And uh, you're going to hear from Tyler Boyd next. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's hear from them. Tyler Boyd finished with nine receptions on 10 targets for 138 yards, one touchdown, leading the Bengals in receiving today. I mean, just he's been great. He's been great all season, nearly had another touchdown uh, that ended up going to Joe Mixon, the game's first touchdown. And the thing I think about this Bengals offense that's so interesting, they scored quick in the first half. Their first scoring drive took a minute and 22 seconds, four plays, 63 yards. Their second scoring drive, 12 plays, 58 yards, less than five minutes. Joe Mixon's eight-yard touchdown run, it was a four-play, 68-yard drive, 131. Their last uh, touchdown of the game came with uh, 2.34 to go in the first half. They drove six plays, 75 yards, two minutes, two seconds. Think about that. Two minutes and two seconds, one minute and 31 seconds, and 1.22. And then their longest is a a a five-minute drive or less. It's 4.57. They score quick. When they're in sync, they are in sync. And when they're not... They're not. Tyler Boyd talked about being in sync, out of sync, getting a win. What's it matter? Is it huge? Is it not? And so much more with reporters after the game. I think everybody's satisfied with the W, but the way we played kind of wasn't how we should have finished. We should have finished a lot better. The way we started, we should have finished that way. You know, if, if, if it had finished that way, then it would be a lot more less pressure and just everything would have went a lot more smoother. And then when it came down to the final job, we would have just, just won a game. You know, but um, every game you got to correct and you got to do better each and every game. You know, like I mentioned, every every week it's, it's hard to get wins in the National Football League, as everybody can see. You know, they always do- come down to the six points or less. You know, so at the end of the day, whoever is the most doggish team is going to win it. There's a lot of things to fix, a lot of things to get right, but does a team care how a win looks as long as it's a win? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we definitely care about how we're going out there and executing our plays, you know, because we want to execute at our best ability. You know, but at the end of the day, every, I love to win. You know, I don't care if I didn't do anything today. If I ain't had no points, I'd have still been the same mood I am now. You know, I love winning, you know. I hate to lose. I, I, I could have went for however many numbers I did and get the loss. I wouldn't. I'd be mad, you know. I wouldn't feel like I did enough. You know, but at the end of the day, like, it's hard to win. You know, winning means a lot in the National Football League. This is a breakout season for you. Um, going forward, do you think 
the rest of the league is starting to figure out what you can do on the field? Uh, definitely. You know, it's just uh, a lot of teams that strategize you differently. You know, I know that I got a lot of respect throughout the league. A lot of guys know about me. A lot of guys watch me now. And, um, you know, we just got to do a great job, like I mentioned, uh, out scheming them and out executing them when they're trying to, you know, uh, double me or whatever defense they're trying to run or what we think they're trying to do. So we just got to do a great job of just outfitting their scheme. How different are you right now as opposed to where you were last year at this time? Um, just, just, just my maturity, you know, just, just going through camp a lot differently. Like, just, just, just everything changed. You know, I, I prepared a lot differently. You know, I, t- I take care of my body a lot better than I did last year. Last year, I really didn't spend a lot of time in the training room and, and try to take care of my body and stay healthy. You know, and just, I think going, th- going through games and having tough hits like that go, go on, and me to be durable and able to continue to go and go, you know, shows the difference. When a team scores and makes it 34-34, how, how do you rally <laughs> mentally, emotionally to get back out there and not say, oh, my gosh, we, we just blew a big lead, but still make plays and go win the game? Um, it definitely hurt. You know, it hurt, hurt all of us. But at the end of the day, just just like a civil game, we, they, they left too much time on there. And I know we got the team to score at will. You know, and once we knew that, hey, a minute left, all we was worried about, let's, let's, let's get it down to score. We, we got enough time to do it, two timeouts. Guys stay poised. You know, Andy does a great job of just leading us and – Everything works perfectly every single game, every time we're in that situation. You always yell big levels every <laughs> touchdowns. What is, what is big levels? Uh, it's, it's just me going to that level that all, all, the, all the players are not going. Just, just, just not where all the players are down, man. It's just a level. You know, they, 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 a lot of players, they ain't get there yet. It's going to come. Thank you. Congratulations. Appreciate y'all. That is Tyler Boyd following the game clearly in a good mood, and he should be. That's the thing is they won. Like coming into this day today, I said Bengals by three, thirty to twenty-seven. They won by three. It did not need to be that close, but it was. Um, ultimately, though, they get the W, and uh, Tyler Boyd yells big levels after every touchdown. How about that? But yeah, I, I couldn't be happier for a guy like Tyler, who who has worked hard and has found a way to have a big role in this offense. And they're going to need him. They're going to need. More, more, more. Uh, I, I thought that Joe Mixon looked okay, but there are times when he leaves yards out there. They, he, he can't bounce it every time. I think what he thinks is, all right, if I, if I see a hole here and it's only a two- or three-yard gain, i got to try to bounce it. And it can't be the case every time. Giovanni Bernard will help stabilize that some. I think he's an upgrade there. Uh, on some of those short yardage downs, on some of those, we need to get two, three, four yards here and not try to hit the home run. I think Gio will understand that, and he'll still be able to give you the home run potential. Overall, I thought Bill Lazor was okay today. Uh, he wasn't great. Certainly the offense in the second half was dreadful. I mean, they didn't, they didn't get a first down in the second half until the 4.56 mark of the fourth quarter. Um, but that being said, they got the W. And sometimes, yes, that is enough. In the NFL... Call, the, call your, your favorite Browns fan and ask them if they would have loved to have won 37-34 after blowing a 21-point lead. Call him. Him or her or whoever. Call uh, any losing – call Baltimore right now and ask if they would have rather won by three in which a team came back on them or lose the way they did. Like, I get it. You're concerned and you're worried and you're bothered. But at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win is a win, and the Bengals got a win today. Uh, but but no, I, I think they need to be very aggressive here at this trade deadline. We'll have more on that tomorrow on the podcast uh, as we get ready to, to close down here on the podcast. I have a ton up at LockedOnBengals.com. 
Um, but yeah, overall, this team did what it needed to do today. They lost one of their better defensive linemen in Carl Lawson for the season. They lost uh, their left guard in Clint Bowling, who is their best offensive lineman. You ask me, he's their best offensive lineman. I don't know how long he's out. Hopefully not long, right? Uh, but this team, this city, it needed a win. And I get it. I understand that it wasn't as pretty as you wanted. It certainly wasn't as pretty as it could have been. It's still a win. It still counts the same. You don't get sexy points in the standings. It's the NFL. You know, it, the Chiefs didn't get more for winning last week the way they did. Now, does that change your confidence? Maybe. But the Bengals went out there and they handled business. And I will say this, they got punched in the mouth by Fitzmagic. And they punched back with the game on the line. That's it. That's what they did. And if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and if you're a Bengals fan, I think you should be happy with the result today. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't mean it. You guys know. I would tell you honestly if I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't believe. No. Like, look, they won. It's 5-3. and three. It's hard to win in the NFL. 5-3. and three, Everybody. And I mean everybody. If, if I told you that at the, the beginning of the season, every single one of you would have taken it at the bye. Five and three at the bye. Yep, sign me up. I'll take it. By the way, for those who don't believe, look at this team's, one, they're injured. They're beat up, beat the hell. Two, look who they've lost to. Look who they've lost to. Carolina kicked the crap out of Baltimore today. So there's one, right? They lose to Pittsburgh. Okay, it's Pittsburgh. They were the favorites to win the division. And they lose to Kansas City. All right. Now, I wanted the offense to play better last week, but I think we all had that down as an L. They've lost to three playoff teams. That's what they are. Pittsburgh, going to go to the playoffs. Carolina, going to go to the playoffs. Kansas City, going to go to the playoffs. And yes, I get it. They need to win some of those games. They did. I think they beat a really good Atlanta team on the road. I, I and You might say, oh, Atlanta's three and four. Sure, but they're a really good team at home. They're okay on the road. They are really good at home. They beat a good Ravens team here at home. Not on the road, at home. So you've seen it. It's about them getting healthy now and continuing to have success. Shout out, by the way, I believe, and I might might have his name wrong. This morning, um, David, I, I believe his name is David, a gentleman who listens to the podcast from Canada. David, I appreciate you listening, and if I got your name wrong, I'm the worst. I'm pretty sure... It was David, though. I was at the the Holy Grail uh, downtown right across the street from Paul Brown Stadium for uh, radio obligations uh, for for what I I do on ESPN 1530. And I was on 102.7 WEBN. And, uh, yeah, I had a listener of the podcast come up and talk to me, and we took a picture together. So, David, send me the picture, by the way. Um, And thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. He came all the way from Canada today. Could you imagine if the Bengals wouldn't have won at the end there? That would have been a heartbreaker. Instead, they win. Instead, they get to five and three. We'll be back at it tomorrow with a ton. I'm hoping to get Joe Goodberry tomorrow, but worst case, we'll have him Tuesday. And uh, look, Monday, Tuesday, it's big. I'm not saying I expect the Bengals to make a move. I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try to. They have some holes. They have some needs. I could see them looking into it. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for listening. A quick reminder to subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out LockedOnBengals.com, where I'll have my postgame observations up tonight and so much more. We'll be back at it Monday afternoon with another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Until then, 
I'm James Erpine, and thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.